You are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach. And although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And today, Legion, the one activity that we're all kind of like, yeah, we know we need to do, but then you don't do it. But then you start running out of prospects. So then you got a Legion. So today, we're going to be talking with Jennifer Tamborski on lead generation. Leashed, and I am so looking forward to today's conversation because there's times where my lead gen could use a little bit of work. I definitely think we all feel that. (laughs) Now, Jennifer is a seasoned digital marketing strategist. She specializes in empowering business owners with innovative marketing and tailored digital strategies. With over a decade of agency experience, she understands the challenges entrepreneurs face particularly those striving to reach the 250K mark and beyond. Jennifer focuses on providing actionable insights and guidance to help businesses surpass their goals and scale their business without overstretching resources. She's the go-to partner for turning big dreams into tangible realities. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Thanks so much for having me. This is one of my favorite topics. So Jennifer, I'm going to ask you the really obvious question first off bat. Let's just get it right out of the way. You know, is it really possible to have, you know, continuous lead generation so that you are, you know, your business is always building and you're not doing the roller coaster? You know, you have lots, you get business. And that drops, and you got no business, and then you're struggling to get more business. <laughs> the roller coaster is exhausting. And so many of my clients, when they come to me on that roller coaster, it yeah. is possible to have consistent leads in your business, to have sales calls daily or weekly, depending on what your goal is. That is all possible when, when you set up a system that works while you sleep. Mm, man, having things work while I sleep, man, that's a dream. It is. It's a dream for so many of us. And I think, I think the hardest part, I think people struggle with the most when it comes to that kind of system, knowing what to say to get people into the system, what to give them to get them in there. And then I think what scares people the most is technology. Like, how do I set it up? what do I do? Where does it go? Like, how does this work? And I have so many clients and testimonials and case studies. We have literally done that for set up a system in their business that has consistently brought in leads on a daily basis so that they have people to sell to, which is our whole point, right? Because there's a really simple formula. Consistent leads equal consistent sales 
equals revenue growth. That's a real simple formula for you. Uh, you know, the funny thing is, is, you know, most of us do not get into entrepreneur entrepreneurship because we want to sell. Yeah. It's because we either have A, an amazing product that helps others, or B, we want to serve people in a certain way. And then the reality of sales kicks in when you don't have people to sell or serve to and you don't have any money coming in, which then it becomes a hobby and hobbies are expensive. That is, I, I say that all the time in my, in my, in my own podcast. If you are not consistently selling your business, you've really, you have no revenue coming in. If you have no revenue, you have no business. It's just an expensive hobby. Yeah. Which I think if people look at sales from a different perspective, it helps a lot. Right. Yeah. So many think of when they think about sales and I was one of them, like I used to have a belief that I couldn't sell. Like it was, it was a deep rooted belief because when I thought about sales, I thought about that salesman from the used car lot. Like that's what people think. That's what they conjure when they think about sales. Now, I'm not a sales expert. I'm a lead generation marketing expert. And as a business owner, I've gotten to learn how to sell and be comfortable with sales. All it is, is providing a service to somebody who needs it. And the monetary exchange is an exchange of energy, right? I give you value. I teach you. I help you create what it is you're looking to create. And in return, I get to live the life I want to live. Mm. You know, when when you said salesman, I don't know if you're old enough to remember this, but there was a show, I think it was back in the 70s, early 80s, but it was called WKRP in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yes, I know. (laughs) And and Herb Tarlick. Yes, that's exactly it. When people think of sales, that's what they think of. Now, if we correlate sales back to leads, what if you had a system in place that warmed them up enough that when they got onto a sales call with you, it wasn't sales. It was literally just walking them through the buying process because they already knew all about who you were, what you do, who you serve, how you can help them. what really happens when you when you use marketing really effectively. You know what? I love that. And I loved how you use the term warm up because in today's world, we we are in a relationship economy. And, you know, if you are, you know, a consultant, a professional speaker, a coach, you know, and, and you're, uh, you know, trying to build your business, you've got, you know, you're trying to sell services and products, maybe even higher end services and products that can't be done on just they see you a couple of times and whatever, like, there has to be relationship. There has to be that no like, and trust factor because, you know, nowadays, if somebody's going to invest that much of their hard-earned money with you, they got to know. They got to know beyond a shadow of a doubt because there's so many other options out there for them. Yeah. And that's that's really with every business and every marketing, no matter what level you're at. If we think about it from, let's just think of, I used this on my podcast recently, Nike. People didn't buy Air Jordans because they were a Nike shoe. They bought Air Jordans because Nike partnered with someone who already had your no like and trust in the bag. Yeah. 
So you bought based off of them. This is relationship marketing, which is my one of my very favorite topics, has been something that has gone on for millennium when it comes to business. It's just become so much more profound today because we have so much noise going on in the digital space that it really does become much more important and critical to create a relationship with your clients or with your audience. And it doesn't have to be you reaching out to them and having a conversation with them all of the time. That's the beautiful thing about relationship marketing and connecting it to digital marketing is that you can create an automated system that still makes them feel like they are connecting with you without you having to chase that lead and have a conversation one-on-one with every person on the planet. Love it. Love it. Audience, we're going to take a very quick ad break. I want to share with you about the create and skill method that you can use to turn to write books that turn readers into clients and then use that book to scale your business. We'll be right back. Writing and publishing a book that converts readers into client and scales your business is hard, but it doesn't have to be. Get my free checklist at bit.ly forward slash create and scale that will show you what you need to do to have your book become a well-converting lead generating tool. Welcome back. Jennifer, I have just been so enjoying this conversation. I really want to just give you a chance to really dive into that that lead generation system and, you know, what does it look like? And, you know, realize some of it, you know, we wouldn't be able to do on our own, but are there a few things that we can do on our own to kind of start that process of, you know, that relationship marketing system? Absolutely. So if we look at it from a relationship perspective, and this is why I say this is one of my favorite topics, I love to correlate marketing to dating. If you look at the same, it's very similar in a process, right? When you go to date somebody, you're introducing yourself to them. You're warming up to who they are before you actually start this long-term dating. And you want to eventually, hopefully, commit in some way, shape, or form. So I actually have five steps to the Dating Your Ideal Client process, which really helps to break it down into understandable terms for everyone. So if we start with the introduction phase, and these are all things that you can do all by yourself. You don't necessarily have to have someone to set it up for you. Introduction for me is understanding who it is you want to meet. Dive really deep into who your ideal client is. Help really understand what the problem is that you serve for them, how you're going to get them into your product, service, or solution. Then we go into what I like to call the flirting phase. And this is Mm -hmm. all about content. Create content that speaks to your clients, whether that's a book or a podcast or reels or blog posts, whatever that is, however your audience consumes information, you want to be there. But you don't want to just be there with anything. You want to be there with things that are really going to connect with them. The, The hooks that really speak to them and draw them into your world so that they're ready to take the next step, which is called the dating phase. And that is where you start capturing those leads. 
It does not have to be complicated. Yes, there's technology involved when you're automating this process and you can hire somebody to take care of the technology. The main, the biggest thing with this step is having a really amazing lead magnet, something that you provide a value that is incredibly important. It's a small micro problem that you solve for your clients. Bring them in, you warm them up through the dating phase, which will take them to the commitment phase. That's where they buy from you, which is what everyone is looking for. Having that again set up so that it's easy for your clients to buy from you is incredibly important. And the last phase is what I like to call keeping the romance alive. Because like with every relationship, you want to continue communicating, continue marketing. It is so much easier to sell from to someone who's already bought from you than to find continually find new audiences. So in this phase, we look at things like your value ladder. How are you going to continue to solve problems for your clients? Or we look at turning your clients into raving fans to promote you everywhere. Yes. It's a really simple system that can help you to generate leads every day and turn them into clients. Oh, man, you unpacked a lot there. We could take a really deep dive into that. But something I was thinking about as, as you were talking, so what would be some practical things that, you know, our audience of consultants and professional speakers and coaches, excuse me for a sec. Oh, the back of the throat got dry. Um, What would be some practical things? So if someone's thinking of setting up, you know, this kind of system, what would be some practical things that that you would want them to do ahead of time to get ready? So, you know, let's say that you've connected with someone, you're going to work with someone, you're getting ready for the first call, and you say to them, Tim, you know, before we meet, here are a few things I want you to have done. What would be those few things? Uh, know your niche. What do you do better than anyone else? That's all your niche is in the simplest terms. It's what you do better than anyone else. Know your target audience, at least on a surface level. I always take my clients really deep when we're working together on that, but at least have a surface idea of who it is that you want to work with. And then We'll dive into the rest. Those are the two most important things because there's a lot that's involved in strategy and, you know, finding the right spot on how to bring leads in and that kind of thing. But those two things are the key to building and scaling a business. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, it's it's funny when I started the publishing business. Actually, I just started as a ghostwriter to make extra money because my son was getting married and we had two cars we absolutely had to replace. So I didn't, you know, turn start out to become a publisher. I just needed to make some extra money. But when I actually got into the publishing business, you know, at first I remember, you know, I was just trying to get experience. So I was just taking anybody and everybody. And man, that was hard slugging, sometimes joyous, sometimes very miserable work. Uh, And then once I started specializing a bit and once I started realizing who it was that I really wanted to work for, you know, that was when business started to become easier. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't say always easy because every time I I go to grow and there's new skills and new things and we're finding down that niche even more and all that, you know, but the beginning I could say of 
really, you know, being able to build the business was when, you know, I niched down and, and really figured out who it was I wanted to work with. I know, I totally get that story. I actually built an agency, spent about a decade running an agency. And one of the things that I dislike the most about an agency is because you're running a company and you have employees to pay, you oftentimes aren't as selective as you would like to be when it comes to clients. So you're, again, taking on a lot of people that maybe you wouldn't have worked with one-on-one. On the other side of that, one of the other things that I saw so often happen, people would come to me after going through one or two agencies before, and we would dive into, because that's the first thing I always do with my clients, no matter where they came to me to work with, we dive into their niche and their audience and their funnel and all of those pieces. And the reality was they hired somebody to try and run something that wasn't ready yet. They didn't Um, have that successful piece of knowing their niche. So who, if you don't know what you're selling and you aren't really super clear about that, or you don't know who you're selling to, you're just kind of throwing darts the wall blindfolded. You're not actually going to ever hit the target. So when we dialed that in, we got so much better results for our clients because that was the first thing we did. Okay, who is it that you work with? What is it that you do? What do you do better than anyone else? Let's dial into that. Hiring an agency before you are super duper clear on that is going to end up wasting money for you long-term because an agency is only going to be able to bring in what you give them. I think in that case, you know, if you're not really clear on those things, you know, you might want to look into getting, you know, maybe a good business coach or somebody that right. can, you know, help you get those, the, that foundation laid. Because it is so true. I mean, even even with writing a book, I mean, people think, okay, I'm going to write a book for my business. But if you don't have those things, you're not going to write an effective book. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like you talk about throwing darts at the wall, right? Exactly. Um, one thing, I, you know, one thing I know is the fact that if you want to increase your conversions, if you have better leads to begin with, if you have leads that are actually appropriate, like let's say, let's say lead gen and whatever reason you couldn't really do a warm up sequence with them ahead of time, right? So. Let's just pretend that. I mean, your system does, but let's just pretend that, right? Even if that was the case and and they were coming to you and they were semi-cold leads, but even if they were targeted cold leads, you'd get be able to convert at a much higher rate than just taking, you know, a thousand leads. You might have a thousand leads, but if only one person in there is actually your target market, whereas opposed you might have only maybe 10 leads, but they are at least your target market. Maybe not warmed up, but you can warm them up. Exactly. But at least they're your target market. And out of that 10, you'd probably convert two or three. Yeah. It's why I pivoted my business though. Well, I pivoted into consulting. It was to help those business owners that came to me so often that ended up getting by an agency because they weren't ready for that step yet. So we do dive in, my clients and I one-on-one dive in deep into all of the pieces you need before you're ready 
to take yeah. it to that next level of mass lead generation. It's really, really important when you're talking about creating leads that you're bringing in the right people because the right people yeah. are going to buy from you. Bringing in, just filling your email list with people is not going to do you any good if they're not buyers, yeah. if they're not the people who are connected to what it is that you actually do. Yeah. Couldn't agree with you more, Jennifer. Let's switch gears here because we haven't even had a chance to talk about you and your story. So I, I would love for you to share, you know, a little bit more about your story and, you know, how did you really become a digital marketing strategist? So my story actually started roughly 20 years ago. My middle son is now 19. So give, a, give or take a year. Uh, after he was born, I wanted to be home with my kids and we couldn't really be a one income household. So I took all the knowledge and skills that I had in corporate and I became a virtual assistant. And then in 2008, 2009-ish, the people I was working for at the time were primarily real estate agents. The real estate market crashed. So it took a pivot and ended up working for marketers. Over the course of working with them, I learned an immense amount. I learned that marketing is both an art and a science. And I actually have a science degree. So I could look at it from that perspective of that scientific method, right? A theory, validating the theory. Does it work? Is it, you know, the proof statement, all of that kind of stuff. And then I also got to use that creative side of things that, that I think we all have. Um, at, at a point, I decided to take go out on my own. I was making my bosses plenty of money doing most of the work. So it was time for me to create my own business as a digital marketer. So I spent the last decade-ish working, running a digital marketing agency. And one of the things that ended up happening, a digital an agency wasn't a great fit for me. I ended up burning out. I got to the point mm -hmm. where all I was doing was working. It felt like my business was kind of consuming my life. So took a step back and really reassessed, what is it that I love to do? And I love working with coaches and consultants, course creators, authors, speakers to help them grow and scale their business. And I love, love working with those that are in the earlier stages. They're not quite at that half a million dollars and a million dollar mark. I'm able to help make a tremendous impact in their business by doubling and tripling their current revenue in a way and helping them to scale in a way that's sustainable for them so that they don't end up where I was, which is burning out <laughs> yourself. <laughs> oh. So something I was thinking of when you were talking was, um, you know, having switched from working in an agency to having your own agency, did you find that it was different? Because obviously, you know, when you're working in an agency, you're just staying in your lane. But did you find, you know, going down now this entrepreneurial path, was it what you expected or was you kind of like, it absolutely oh, I was didn't realize not it was going to be like this. <laughs> it was so beyond what I expected. Because you're right, when you're working for other people, you just go in, you punch your time clock, you do your thing, whatever that thing is. When you're running your business, you are the captain of the ship. 
And so there's mm-hmm. all of these moving pieces that go along with running a business. And as an agency, it almost quadruples because not only are you the captain of the ship, you also need to understand how every piece of it works together in order to get your clients the results they're looking for. So yeah, there was a there was a lot of a lot of weeks where I would work 60, 65 hours a week making sure that all of our clients were taken care of and all of the things and launches were going off well and all of that kind of stuff. It was so far beyond what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. I hear you. That that was kind of like like I found for me it was a lot of feast or, feast or famine. And then, you know, people are telling me I'm working too much. I need to bring on people. And I'm thinking, I'm barely making any money myself. How do I, how do I bring somebody on when I don't even, I know I don't even have consistent money coming in, but you know, God is really good because thankfully I had a best friend who wanted some part-time work, who loved me, who is one of the most amazing editors I have ever seen. And, you know, she she had owned a small business herself. She knew what it was like. So, you know, when I brought her on, now I did everything. I always made sure she got paid. I may not have gotten paid, but she did. But she understood that if, you know, there might be times that I might have to be a couple extra days before I could, you know, I could pay her. But, you know, that was such a blessing when I could bring somebody on who could, you know, take on at least the one thing that I was the weakest at. Yeah. And editing was that thing, you know, yeah. writing, all that other kind of stuff I could do. And I could, okay, I'm not the greatest graphic designer, but I, I knew how to use templates and there was things that I could do to make a pretty decent cover. But, you know, the, the editing was definitely not, I mean, I was okay at it. It yeah. was horrible, but you know, when you're publishing somebody's book, you don't want an okay editor. You want a really good editor. True. True and, story. And she was a good editor. She, she's so detailed oriented and eventually she actually became the book project manager for the company. And, you know, at one point she needed full-time work. I couldn't give it. So she had to find something else. And we are still the very best of friends. And what year is it? 2024? Yeah. Oh my stars. It's, it's been almost 40 years. That's awesome. We've been friends for almost 40 years. So that is fantastic. Yeah, but, I think that's the way a lot of business owners go though with their business, right? They don't they don't necessarily have an understanding of what it means to scale. Like you can't scale by yourself. I won't let me rephrase that. You can scale as a solo producer. Like if you're a coach, a consultant, that kind of thing, you can scale your business model. But doing all of the work in your business is not physically possible. So it comes to the point where you do get to look at outside resources of what is it that I hate? Let me give that up. (laughs) Whether that's your bookkeeping or your social media posting or whatever that might be, uh, you can definitely bring in resources to help you with that. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. We got a few minutes left there, Jennifer. So I think what I'd like to do is just let's touch back again on that lead generation and yeah. um, 
Let's dive in a little bit into that very, 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 very first stage, sort of that introduction. introduction. Talk to me a little bit more about what that looks like. Yeah. So in your introduction phase, this is where you're setting up basically your marketing plan. So you're going to dive really deep into who you are, what you do, who you serve in the simplest terms. The other thing that you really want to look at is the entire customer journey from start to finish. What does that look like? Map it out every step of the way, because that'll help you to be able to communicate with your audience based on the stage they're at within getting to know you. And the final piece in the introduction phase is your KPIs. What are your key performance indicators? I know nobody likes numbers. In fact, people mostly hate numbers. But if you don't know what your goal is, how do you know when you get there? If you don't know, if you want your leads coming in at $3, but you don't actually write that down and they come in at $5, but they're really quality leads and you've sold six people out of that $5 lead, is that $3 one really important? You really have to set what's your most important key, key indicator and what those numbers look like. Mm. See, I love numbers. I know. I, I do numbers. too. I do too. But I have so many clients that are afraid of them. They don't want to look at them for whatever reason. Yeah. Me, I, I look at them and go, yes, that one's a little bit closer. <laughs> that exactly. one's not. What do yeah, I got to do with that one? To make small tweaks along the way, right? If you know yeah. your goals, you can make tweaks to if you're running ads, you have these, or if you're running organic, what are your post interactions or your YouTube channel growth or whatever that might be for you. Understanding what's working helps you to double and triple down on it. But if you don't look, you don't know, and then you run off of feeling and feeling is never going to actually work because I will guarantee you 90% of the time your feeling is wrong. It's what you liked. It's not what necessarily worked. You know, it's funny you said that, and we'll just start to close off with this, because when I work with my clients and we design their covers, we usually have two or three covers specifically designed for them to choose from. And I'll I'll say to them, listen, now you're at the point, and we'll refine them out a little bit, right? But I'll, I'll look at them and I'll just say, listen, we're now at the point, you need to send this out to, you know, you need to send it out to your target market. You need to, you know, get it out on your social media channels. You need to get feedback and you need to let them vote on which one they like best and the you know it's always but i like this one yeah i know you do but that may not be the one that resonates the most with your audience you've got to figure out which one they like best now by the same token i also tell the clients that you know ultimately it's your book it's your decision and you have to be happy with the cover but at least put it out there and see what people are saying and most of the time it's not the one they like. Yep. Even when I was doing my own books, I put it out there. It was not the one I that I liked the best. Because, I, I mean, I always like all of mine because I'm very specific. But, you know, it was not the one. And then they, they give you all these suggestions on how to improve it. And you're, you feel like someone's taking your baby and throwing mud on it, man. Like, <laughs> but... <laughs> tell my clients, you have to emotionally detach from that. Yes. You can't be emotionally attached to those things. Because if you're writing a book to build your business, then you have to go with what 
is going to make the most sense to the audience. Exactly. What is going to connect to your audience? Because I'm going to, one more little caveat here. Your audience actually doesn't care about you. I know that's a harsh statement. They don't. They care about what you can do for them. So coming from that perspective, it is always about what your audience wants, needs, and desires. Love it. Jennifer, we have enough time for you to give one final thought. And then if people have enjoyed this conversation, how can they connect with you? So my final thought is going to go back to that equation I gave you earlier, right? Consistent leads create consistent sales and consistent sales create revenue growth. It can be done in a way that lets you live the lifestyle and have the business that you've always dreamed of. And for those of you that are interested in connecting with me, you can always reach out to me on or listen to Marketing Matchmaker. That's my podcast. It's on YouTube and all of the podcast platforms. You're welcome to head over there. But if you want to have a conversation, head over to virtualmarketingexpert.com and you can reach out to me on that website. Love it. Thanks so much, Jennifer. Audience, if you have enjoyed today's episode, I suggest that you just scan back, oh, maybe 10 or so episodes to episode 468 with Jason Pearl, How to Supercharge Your Revenue Growth. If you are watching on YouTube, you know the routine. My daughter has placed it on the screen here somewhere because she promises me that she does, and I believe her. So you can click on that there, or if you're listening in your favorite podcast app, just get that finger going and scan back a little bit. Thank you so much for listening today. It is always an honor and pleasure to be here and to have these conversations and to serve you in the best way that I know possible. Have a great day, everyone, and we will see you on the very next episode. Bye now. You've been listening to the Author to Authority Podcast. The Extraordinary Word Ninja, Tim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.